The following podcast is brought to you by the Jonas Podcasting Network, found exclusively at wrestlingwithjonas.com. Today at the Chokeslide Wrestling Report, we're going to go through the two events that happened this past week in New Japan Pro Wrestling. New Japan Dokutu, Night 1 and Night 2. The two Japanese wrestlers who I think who were diagnosed with COVID and didn't participate in that event. Jay White making history in Japan. We're going to be talking about Tessa Blanchard. We're going to be talking about what's going on behind the scenes on AEW between Cody Rose and the Elite. That and much more on the Chokeslam Wrestling Report. Welcome to another episode of the Chokeslam Wrestling Report. I am your host, the infamous Ultimate One, or as my boy John Rowland from the WNR podcast calls me, the cleaner now, because I come and pick up all the misinformation that is given in this podcast world and, you know, pretty much just tell it like it is. I'm like a broomstick, you know what I'm saying? But enough of me. Uh, I am here today to bring you more behind the curtain. And a lot of stuff happening in professional wrestling, especially what happened Thursday. We did the Bloods and Guts review. A lot of people still talking about this event. Um, I even saw uh, a lot of uh, people talking about that, you know, that the match was good and um, that the whole part was good. I, I, I totally disagree. The match was good. The ending should have never happened the way it did happen. Uh, people talk about camera angles. I don't pay attention to camera angles. Let, let, you know, I mean, it, it's gotten to the point where people talk about camera angles, uh, promos, and, and and you know, oh, you know, they're not putting the camera right. Who cares? I mean, I don't look at none of that camera angle bullshit just to criticize a match. As long as the match is good, I don't care if the camera's in the corner. ECW back in the days used to have uh, uh, cameras in the little corner. And the matches were not good. I mean, not the matches were not good, but the quality of the matches were not good. But they were, you know, recorded by somebody in a, with a little camera uh, from from the, uh, you know, regular Canon that used to come with the video where you could record it. And people right now, especially wrestling fans, they complain about just about anything. And now they're talking about camera angles. Are you serious? Like, this is getting ridiculous right now when it comes to the the the. the Constant complaints about everything. Now, I I know one thing that was said uh, that I saw over the this week was that they were claiming that Jericho was smiling while he was in the uh, once he got launched from the top of the cage. Uh, I saw the video. It doesn't look like he's winking and smiling at the camera. To me, it looks like there's blood going to his eyes. He's making believe that he's hurt. I guess the sweat, whatever was going into eyes, and he was just, you know, uh, squinting. I don't think he was laughing and knowing the cameras are around, which makes no sense. I mean, but everybody has their own opinion. You know, I, I didn't get into the debate about this. I, I think this is just my opinion, what I saw. It looked like blood was going into his eyes. Uh, he was squinting. It looked like he's smiling and he's winking, but no, nah, I, I highly doubt it. But people were really upset about this whole uh, blood and guts. I mean, even though they got a million viewers, my question to that now is, are those million viewers that saw um, the Bloods and Guts event, are some of them coming back? Because now AEW has to make up for that. Another blooper, if you really think about it. Uh, the first one was in March with Revolution, where the explosion became a dud. And now this, where instead of you putting a black, uh, some type of black blanket over the padded area where you're gonna throw um, Jericho, you put you put it white. It looked like some white, um, 
uh, was it gray color, silver color thread over the pads, the padding area. And then when he landed, it was a bunch of cardboard foam pads with steel, uh, uh, you know, uh, pictures in the back. It's so I understand a lot of people are pissed off about it because the way it ended. A lot of people are saying, why you wanted a 50 year old man to get launched and hit a concrete. Uh, there's people saying, oh, you know, Jeff, uh, Matt Hardy hurt himself, uh, and you're bitched about it. Now Jericho lands, lands in a soft spot. He's bitched about it. Uh, the Matt Hardy situation, I think whoever came up with the idea, I'm sure Tony Khan was the one, uh, didn't take into consideration that, you know, that there was a possibility that he may have missed the, the, the tables of which it will, that's what happened. He, he threw himself too far back and landed on his head instead of landing on the table. But still, I mean, I don't, I don't, I still think that was a bad move. Uh, and now it looks like Mr. Tony Khan has become now they label him as a mark, a real wrestling mark. And he books the matches, but he has no idea how to book the ending. So that is a situation right now that a lot of people are talking about. But, you know, it is what it is. It's been a crazy week in wrestling. Um, so, but before the Blood and Guts event, they was wrestling on Monday and Tuesday. Uh, New Japan Dokutu, the special event that they have was two nights. One of the matches that they have, which I'm not going to go through all the matches because uh, New Japan had a lot of five-man tags, uh, ten-man tags, eight-man tags. I'm not too crazy about that, but there was two Oh, actually, three matches in the first night. Um, according, it was Bullet Club Day. Uh, it was the eighth anniversary of Bullet Club. I know a lot of people are like, who cares about Bullet Club? I care about Bullet Club because it's still the fact. It's still a faction. Eight years later, they have outdone everybody. Uh, they have done every uh, uh, faction there is. You know, they may not be as strong here in the United States, but that could turn around once this supposedly forbidden door. Could turn around and you know and and you know the uh, traveling restrictions are taking off. You never know. But one of the matches they had was Zack Saber Jr. versus Tangaloa. The winner of this, if Tangaloa wins, Dangerous Tekker, which is Taishi and Zack Saber Jr., will not get another shot at the IWGP Tag Team Championship. But what so happens that Zack Saber Jr. Ended up beating Tangaloa. I mean, I saw that coming. You cannot. Zack Sabre Jr. is a dangerous wrestler. He does not get the proper, what I say, the proper uh, recognition that the man deserves. You know, this guy is uh, one of the, the best uh, technician wrestlers. He is a former Rep Pro champion, that same title that Will Ospreay holds. Um, he's been IWGP Tag Team Champion. Uh, this guy is a monster. As Zack Sabre Jr., he is no joke. At one point, he held the Rep Pro title. He held the the Pro Wrestling Gorilla title. This guy was walking around with like three belts around. I think even involved, he had the belt. So he was the man. He still is the man. So supposedly, uh, he beat Tangaloa. And the next match was Tai Chi versus uh, Tamatanga. The winner of that match was determined by whoever gets the Iron Claw. Now, the Iron Claw was given to Tai Chi. I forgot the, the Japanese wrestler who was part of Suzuki Gun. He retired. He gave the Iron Claw to Tai Chi. Tanga, Tamatanga stole the Iron Claw in Wrestle Kingdom when they won the IWGP Tag Team Champions. So this has been going back and forth for months. So they finally put the... Iron Claw on this plastic bat and hovered over the ring. It was a ladder match. Pretty much a good match. A lot of interference from Zack Sabre Jr., Tonga Loa, uh, Master Heater, Get, uh, Yato, um, who was with, uh, Dookie was involved in that. So it, it turned out at the end that Tama Tonga tried to do a cutter from the top of the ladder into the table and Tai Chi held on and Tamatanga ended up crashing into the table and the uh Tai Chi retreated his gold uh the iron claw. So that was 
the issue on that part. So now it looks like Dangerous Tekker are the ones who's going to be the next shot, uh, next guy for the shots for the tag team title. Now, talking about the tag team division in New Japan, the tag team division in New Japan is kind of weak right now. I mean, they still have Finjus, who are the Impact World Tag Team Champions, but they are in the United States as we speak. Um, again, the Good Brothers, I, I know when they say with Impact, they also may come to New Japan once all that stuff is you know, settled in with, you know, the COVID and all that crap. And so, you know, um, the, the tag team scene in New Japan right now is a little weak. But the good thing about New Japan is you grab any two, any wrestler and team them up. Right now, uh, the the Empire, which is run by Will Ospreay, who has Jeff Cobb, Great Okan, and Hanori uh, Hino, uh, Hanari, whatever his name is. So they can make those guys as tag team, any of those guys combination of that. Will Ospreay, of course, is the world champion. So they still have, uh, you know, they could make any tag team. You could put Naido and Sonata as a tag team. You could put Na Sonata with Bushi. So, or Sonata with uh, uh, Shingo Takaji. So, and then you have uh, the Pitbull, Stone Cold Pitbull. Uh, ty uh, uh, what's his name? It, um, oh, my God. I forgot his name. But Ishii. Uh, or you could put Yoshiashi with, Go uh, with Goto. So, but right now, I don't know because I haven't been watching a lot of New Japan because... You know, right now, it looks like they already suspended two of their big event, the uh, Wrestling Grand Slam for, I think it was the 15th or the 19th. That got suspended because of the Tokyo emergency in Tokyo. The 29th, that got suspended in the Tokyo Dome. So, there's a lot of stuff going on there. And, you know, um, so right now, New Japan uh, pre uh, got caught up with a, a, a situation that happened. Uh, during the week also, two of the wrestlers uh, woke up with fever and they did not participate in night two. Now, they're trying to hide who it was, but I figured it out. I figured it out. And it was uh, 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 a wrestling match that was supposed to happen between these two individuals. It was for the IWGP Junior title. And I'm talking about Desperado and Yo. So there was supposed to be a match there on night two, but they changed the card around and Desperado and Yo were not in the card. So those were the two guys that I believe uh, came out positive for the pandemic. So they had to cancel that match for night two. Night one, we saw Jay White and Jay White uh, made history. Jay White defeated Hiroshi Tanahashi for the Never Open Weight title, and which is the quadruple slam that we're calling it. Now, all during that whole time, like I said, why is they call it a quadruple slam? Well, the quadruple slam is, is a wrestler who has won four of the major titles in New Japan. And Jay White has become the first guy to ever do that. Now, if you, I'll give you a rundown. Uh... Jay White was the IWGP United States Champion. Jay White was the IWGP World Champion. Jay White was the IWGP Intercontinental Champion. And he is now the IWGP Never Open Weight Champion. So he became the first non-Japanese wrestler to win all four major titles in New Japan. Now, of course, the Intercontinental Belt became as one became the IWGP world title. I thought it was always a world title to me back then. But he did something that not even I told you Inoki, the great Muda, Masahiro Chono, Ricky Shosu, uh, Brock Lesnar, Kurt Angle, all these guys who has won the IWGP champion at one time, you know, so Nakamura, uh, Ibushi, he became the first guy to ever do this. And a lot of people don't like Jay White. Another thing that you guys don't understand that Jay White has elevated himself to another incredible level. Because the man, I remember when I first saw Jay White, he was opening matches with David Finley. Okay? Opening events, big events with David Finley. They would start the match. They were young lions. But as we know, Jay White was being groomed by guys like Finn Balor, 
Balak Valet Tamatanga to be the new leader of the Bullet Club. He is the last rock and roller. He is the leader of the real era, the Bullet Club. So um, congratulations to him because he did something at a very young, he's by what, 28, 29? The guy has done so much in New Japan for the short time that he's been there. If you think about it, he came in as the Switchblade back in 20, I believe was 2017 or 18, around that time. And people started hating him. Oh, he's the new leader of the Bullet Club. And when I, and the guy has succeeded, and he does not get enough credit in the wrestling business because everybody's too busy wondering what WWE is going to do, what AEW is going to do, and they're not paying attention. Nothing to New Japan. And New Japan, they, I give them props because even, even through the whole pandemic, they have been the third major promotion who's still been running the promotion since July or June of last year. It's going to be a year. And yes, they got caught right now with two of their wrestlers right now with uh, with the virus. But now, you know, we I pretty much knew when they mentioned on Monday we're going to have two double title. Uh, they're going to be they're going to be two title matches, and then it turned out it was only one. You know, and I figured it out real quick with the tag team titles. We're not going to get defended night two. The IWGP Junior Title match was supposed to happen, and it never happened. So Desperado, the champion, was supposed to wrestle Joe from Rapunky Vice, and it not happened. And those two wrestlers did not participate. Speaking of the world champion, Jay, uh, not Jay, I was going to say Will Osprey. Now Will Osprey went and defended his belt against Shingo Takagi. It was a great match. I mean, everything you can imagine. These guys had a a, a great match uh, on the New Japan Cup, which um, Osprey defeated Shingo Takagi to win the cup. And now he gave him a title shot. And now these guys went at it. It was a uh, it was it was brutal. It was a tough fight. But here's the funny part: Dave Meltzer gave this match a six star rating, which I find it funny because. You're trying to tell me that this match was as good as the Okada and Kenny Omega match. Uh, it was good. Don't get me wrong, because I saw it. It was pretty good, but it was not on Okada and Kenny Omega level. I, I don't think there's any match in Japan that could top that. That match between Omega and Okada and Dominion 2017 was, I would have gave it seven star. You know what I'm saying? Even though, you know. They Meltzer's just out of hand with the six-star bullshit. Uh, but that this match between J, uh, Will Ospreay and Shingo Takaji was not a six-star match. I gave it a five-and-a-half, and that was not a six-star. But Dave Meltzer's just getting ridiculous. This guy just won't give some matches what they deserve, but now he wants to give a, a, a six-star match on the Will Ospreay and Shingo Takaji match. And... Shingo Takaji and Osprey, they're going to give you the best matches they can. These guys are no joke, especially Will Osprey, which I think I consider Will Osprey right now uh, the number one wrestler in the world due to the fact that this man is still the IWGP and Red Pro World Champion, champions in two continents. Right behind him is Walter with two and whatnot. Uh, who else is there? Roman Reigns, I give him uh, number three in there, um, doing very well. Number four, I could say Joe, uh, Jacob Fatu from MLW, you know. But now Jacob Fatu may have some uh, situation he may go down because now it sounds like MLW will be doing their shows as seasons, like Lucha Underground. And as we know now, Lucha Underground is... It's back, but it's now known as Azteca Underground. So that's something that we should be checking out. But, uh, you know, it's stuff that, you know, that that we, we are going to enjoy. I uh, think MLW, uh, they'll be back in July. So, you know, it'll be cool. So we'll be right back after this. Today's episode is brought to you by Fulton, modern brand of arch support. 
Fulton was the most comfortable, supportive, and sustainable insole on the planet. Fulton insoles have a deep heel cup and comfortable arch support that aligns your body from head to toe. They're made using sustainable materials like vegan cactus leather and cork. Allow them to mold to the shape of your arch that provide customized support. They're also shock observing, reducing impact on the body and align with the natural foam that makes them vegetable comfortable. Fulton is offering our listener $10 off on your next purchase at walkfulton.com by using the code POD10. That's code POD10 for $10 off at walkfulton.com. Check out the website to see how Fulton can support you. And we're back with more of the Chokeslam Wrestling Report, and we're going to continue on here. And we're going to talk about now Tessa Blanchard. Yes, guys. Tessa Blanchard. Tessa Blanchard has not wrestled since, I think, um, Warrior Wrestling, and that happened, I think, sometime last summer. Uh, She's been spending a lot of time in Mexico. As you guys know, she got married to uh, the wrestler Daga. And, you know... When she left the industry, she left the industry with a black cloud over her head. And that black cloud was hovering over her since January of 2020 when she first won the Men's Impact World Championship. And she won that belt. And, you know, a lot of people were not happy with her because uh, Allison K came out and pretty much spoke about how Tessa Blanchard was being a bully, a racist, and that happened a week before she won the Impact World title. But what makes things more interesting and probably worse for her was the fact that once the pandemic started, she went to Mexico to be with her fiancé at that time, Daga, and Impact tried to work some type of situation for her to either come back to the States and defend the title or make some promos from where she was at, recorded. And she went and was like, no, I'm not doing it unless you pay me this much amount of money. And at the end, Impact was not having it. And they decided to not only strip her from the belt, you know, but fire her from Impact. And this was back in April of last year or May of last year. So it's been a year since we have seen her. Now, there was rumors running rampant all over the wrestling industry when they were talking about that, you know, um, Tessa was going to be in WWE and they were going to match her up with Charlotte Flair, Horseman versus Horseman's daughter. And, you know, there were so many speculations, so many rumors going around. And at the end, it did not happen. Now, as of, as of recently, there was rumors going around that Daga who is now Tessa's husband, was going to sign with AEW. Now, my first thing that came into my mind was, why in the hell is AEW signing another wrestler when they got like about 100 wrestlers in their roster and they can't push everybody for a storyline? You know, it's funny how everybody, and I'm one of them, will talk about Vince McMahon hoarding talent. Well, it seems like Tony Khan is doing the same thing, hoarding all this talent. The only difference is, and Tony Khan uses it for his Elevation Dark or Dark uh, AEW Dark, one of those, you know. But the way I look at it is, why are you signing Daga? You know what I'm saying? And once I heard that Daga may have come, maybe coming to AEW, I was like, his wife is coming right behind him, you know. But AEW will make this so look crazy if they do sign. Tessa Blanchard, because supposedly AEW is this family-oriented company, and they get along with everybody. Everybody gets along with each other, and you're bringing in a woman who had a black cloud over her, has no no care for the business because that bullcrap she did with Impact, where she didn't want to get the title back. She was demanding more money to do promos for. Uh, Impact Rebellion last year, and that is why one of the reasons they brought out Moose 
with the TNA belt because the world title was not in the hands of Impact. So you bring in a woman that right now has a bad reputation and you're going to bring her in in an environment when you just got rid of Ivelisse. Ivelisse was one of those girls that, you know, had an issue with Thunder Rosa, you know, and and she made it known in some of her interviews and claimed that Thunder Rosa was, you know, uh, sabotaging her career, talking bad about her AEW, um, and that they had issues back in Lucha Underground, that Rosa was always kissing up to the higher-ups, a whole bunch of crap. And at the end of the day, Ivelisse was given her walking papers. So here you go. You got rid of one cancer in your locker room, okay? And I really believe Ivelisse was that type of girl where, you know, she tried to pull the vet card because on Twitter during that same almost two weeks after she got let go, the following week, Mickey James got let go, and they sent her the bag of, of, of her belongings in a box, in a garbage bag. Um, Ivelisse uh, said, look what they're doing to us veteran women. She tried to use that vet card, made it about her. Um, the funny thing is that, you know, um, these, you know, you, you got rid of one cancer. And like I said, Ivelisse was that cancer. You know, she was still bringing uh, animosity from, with her and Thunder Rosa from, God knows, from 2014, whatever it was. So now you're going to bring in, in Tessa Blanchard? But Tessa Blanchard right now has a bad reputation, a bad attitude. This is why WWE didn't sign her in the first place when they did, the, I believe, the Mae Young Classic or whatever. But you got to ask this question. Why would you bring this girl in when you're supposedly be a family-oriented company? Because AEW right now, what they're saying, they're a family-oriented family. So why would you bring in Tessa Blanchard? You know, Tessa Blanchard had an opportunity that, you know, um, would have made a whole lot of difference. And, you know, um, at that time, remember her and Jordan Grace were making a big time difference in Impact. And by the way, Jordan Grace signed a resign, resigned with Impact, which is good. I guess, you know, because, you know, let me say Impact and help that division. She's the main girl there now. So she's like the veteran in that. Uh, but when Tessa, Tessa was an impact, she was given an opportunity that no female wrestler in the, not in the, not professional wrestler, but in the indie market or in the, someone who was not WWE, a chance to win the men's world title. And she, she was given that opportunity. But she, uh, before she even was given the opportunity, she was burning bridges and making enemies on her way to the top. And I guess, you know, some people figure like, well, you know, she was making enemies on the top, but at the top. And here she goes. She's given an opportunity to become the first female wrestler to win the man's world title. And Addison K was like, well, you know what? It's not an opportunity to give it to me. Well, I'm going to bring this up because she don't deserve it. Now, for whatever reason she did it, told on Thunder Rose, I mean, not Thunder Rosa, um, um, Tessa Blanchard, um, she had her reason. Because La, La Rosa Negra was another one that said that Tessa Blanchard picked on her. Uh, there was other wrestlers that, that came up and, and talked about how, you know, Tessa Blanchard was a bully, was racist, it was a bunch of stuff. And then instead of you just say, okay, let me let me right the wrong. Let me prove these people that they're just jealous. No, what you do is you break out to Mexico with the uh, with the title, and then you're giving an opportunity to defend the title. And not only that, they're telling you we need promos for you for rebellion, and you choose not to. And then you ask for more money. And Impact had every right to fire you. Impact had every right to strip you of the belt. You are now known as the only woman to win the title but never defend the title. They stripped you off the title. So that's not a good rap. So the, now the word is she is not, she's not signing with AEW. She's not signing with WWE. So where is she going? Is she going back to Impact? 
I doubt that because she got fired. So where is she going? She can't go to Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor doesn't have a women's division yet. You know? So where is she going? Is she going to NWA? I highly doubt that too. Allison K is there. Thunder Rosa is there. They're not going to put up with that bullshit. So I don't know what she's going to do. But I believe she has burnt a lot of bridges here in the United States. And there's no way in the world that this girl is going to go and land somewhere. I still believe she probably end up in WWE. Um, because AEW, if AEW brings her in, they'll be very foolish to do that. You know, and it's a lot of stuff going on. And instead, you know what? If anything, okay, if anything, what they should do is AEW should sign Selena de la Renta. That's who they should sign and pull her with Proud and Powerful. That would be a big time, big time, um, how you call it, combination there. Selena de Renta, no longer with MLW, so why not go to AEW? You know what I'm saying? You fit right in there, and you go and you go and do your whole um, uh, Hispanic stable like you was doing in MLW. You still got the Lucha Bros there. You could bring in guys like uh, Santana Ortiz, you know, and, and and Danny Limelight as part of your whole, you know, group of Latino wrestlers. That could happen. You could have uh, Alex, whatever his name is, as the mouthpiece of the group. You know, they, I mean. They could do a lot of th- a lot of things, a lot of things. But Tessa Blanchard is not one that I believe that AEW should sign her. She's burning her bridges. She can't go to Impact because she got fired. WWE is the only place that I could see her going. AEW, if they sign her, they will be contradicting themselves. That's all I gotta say. Because remember, it's supposed to be this family oriented, um, you know, this family oriented promotion. So. You know, we'll see what happens, and we're going to keep an eye on what's going on. If she is going to come. I know Daga, again, Daga was supposed to sign with AEW, but if his wife can't come, I highly doubt that he'll sign with AEW. He'll probably go somewhere else and maybe go to probably Ring of Honor, or, or he may go to AAA and whatnot. And that's another way that, that she could go coming through, um, I call it through AEW, but under the AAA banner. So anyway, I could see that happening, but we'll see. We're going to keep an eye on that, and we're going to keep following with the story. So we'll be right back after this. Do you remember Lance Von Eric from World Class Championship Wrestling? You can read all about his wrestling career in Portland, in Dallas, and overseas. And his new book, Lance by Chance, Wrestling as a Von Eric, 25 chapters in all. You'll be surprised what you read. Go to LanceByChance.com. Hey, what's going on? It's your boy, Jada Red Sante, host of Turnbuckle Tabloid, and you're listening to the Choke Slam Wrestling Report. And we're back, guys. So the next story that I will be bringing up is I don't know if it's true or not, but there's words around that there's legit legit heat between Cody Rose and the Elite. Now, this was brought up to me this week. Um, I didn't make you know no big deal about it because I wasn't sure because it was just a you know he said she said thing. But then I read I heard I read it again in Fightful Select where. There's a rumor going around that Cody Rhodes has hate between uh, it's him and the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. Now, the one thing that they mentioned was that you noticed that Cody has not be, been in the Being the Elite episodes that they released on Mondays. He's been a lot on the Sammy Guevara blog, which is true because I watched both of them. Uh, and I don't know what the issue here is, but... The word around is that they, uh, I guess this probably has to do with the elite trying to probably do things their way and then Cody probably not agreeing with what they're doing. I mean, and both of these guys, I mean, you know this was going to happen. Bunch of guys with egos and I pretty much figured maybe it's the elite. Being that Omega and the Young Bucks, the way they booking themselves in the matches, 
and the way they promos and it's been horrendous. And yes, I am a Kenny Omega fan. Um and I believe he is a great wrestler. But the promos and the stuff that they're doing is just it just reeks of you know, I cringe when they when the young bucks are talking and they're acting like they this you know, they they overdoing the heel persona and it's just like uh you know, and it's funny because during during the week, uh, I kept looking at the after after one of the Usos came back uh, Friday, uh, there was comparison Uso who is better attacking the Usos or the Young Bucks. I mean, at this point, um, because the Uso hasn't been wrestling a lot, I still think the Usos are a better tag team um, as far as what they do. They do almost. The, the super kicks and all that, but I think they they are more balanced as far as tag team. The young bucks, you already know what they're gonna do. Be way before the match even starts, you already know what they're gonna do. Now they overdoing the here persona as far as looking at the camera too much and just talking yapping their mouths. And I'm like, this was not the young bucks two months ago. And they come out every week with a different outfit, talking about how much it costs. Who cares? If this is your your way of you know of trying to um, you know have heat. You you what you're doing is you you having let me grab the remote control heat and turn the damn channel off. You know, so they're getting a lot of negative feedbacks, and it's not the negative feedback that you would think of a uh, a heel wrestler when it comes to heat. He they got changed the channel heat. And that's a problem, you know. Now, as far as Cody's concerned, as you guys know, I think what Cody's doing is trying to push all the young talent to trying to elevate everybody. The fact that Cody right now may be going into a feud with Anthony Ogogo, who was a bronze Olympic uh, boxer, I, I don't think that's a smart move right there. The guy is greener than the dollar bill. He has not shown me. Any any wrestling skill that I say, oh, he's gonna give Cody a run for his money. Uh, so the, it could be that they have creativity, creative differences. Um, Omega has been known to, in the past, to have be very outspoken on his position in the company. He did that in New Japan, and that's why he's no longer in New Japan. The Young Bucks were complaining before uh, in a lot of the interviews after they left Japan that. You know, they weren't happy because I guess these guys want to do whatever they want. And right now, it's just, there is right now a problem in AEW. We knew this was not going to be a happy-go-lucky company. Everybody gets along, real friends. And, I mean, I read that the, 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 the it's like I say, the mold starting to build. You look at what happened with Ivelisse. Ivelisse is no longer with AEW. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, there's people in the back supposedly were, were 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 damaging her reputation. Now here we have the four main guys who came together to do the, um, well, four of the six guys who came together with an idea of creating a company besides WWE, and now they're having differences. But according to Sean Ross Sapp, he claims that he thinks is a rumor. I'm just giving you what's going on as far as what I'm seeing and the history of some of these wrestlers that right now are in the limelight because of the rumors going around that they're not getting along. It could be also that, you know, Cody's doing his own thing. His wife is about to give birth and, you know, who knows? You can't, you can't really pay attention to a lot of these uh, um, dirt sheets a lot of, like, Wrestling Inc. is one of them. They'll give you a story, and then it turns out it's not true. Uh, but he even said it. I have His resources has not told him otherwise of what they are reporting as far as the rumor bill when it comes to whether the elite and Cody Rhodes are getting along. So we just got to see and see what happens. But every promotion has the little problem. I'm not going to say here and defending. I'm not defending the promotion. I'm just saying... You know, as much as AEW has been going around saying, oh, we're a family-oriented people. We love each other. Everybody gets along. It's 
always going to be a problem. When egos get involved, there's always going to be a problem. So, so speaking of AEW, um, supposedly tomorrow night, there's going to be John Mockley versus Danny Limelight. Now, Danny Limelight, I had him in my show. He's a friend of the show. Not once, but twice. I think he's the only wrestler I had twice in my show. He has moved up. He this guy wrestled the he wrestled the world champion AEW world champion Kenny Omega on tag team matches. I think he had a one on one match with him. Also, now he's going to go in with the former AEW world champion John Moxley. So this guy from a from what I saw him in New Japan Strong in a tag team match. Uh, against Rocky Romero to where he's at now, is a it's a big move. I mean, I want to congratulate him because I mean, sooner or later they're gonna sign him. He's gonna be all elite, and if he does, hey, congratulations, you deserve it. You put all the work, so you know. But he's gonna have his handfuls because John Moxley is a nut, and um, but I know Danny Limelight could hang with anybody in that ring because I seen him uh, against Kenny Omega, against the the, the Good Brothers. He can hang in there with the best. I mean, that great match with him and Ray Phoenix, I think it was sometime last year. So he has proven what he's made of. And he, he's a, 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 he has championship caliber. Championship caliber. I mean, him and Papo Esco, who held the United uh, Network, uh, United Wrestling Network tag team champions. So they, they, you know, he's no joke. He's, he's, he's showing everybody that if you don't, um, you know, if you don't sacrifice and do what you got to do, um, you know, um, you're gonna go. You're gonna go. You know, you're gonna go places. Uh, and I gotta give him props. And I said it. Danny Limelight is a future star. I said this at the ending of 2020. He, look where he's at right now. He's gonna step in the ring with the former world champion John Moxley. So you know, best of luck. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing that match tomorrow. Walter, the NXT. UK champion, which I still call him the world champion because this guy, no one can beat him. I, he's the ranked number two wrestler for me as far as world champion is concerned. And, you know, um, Walter revealed his two dream opponents he would like to wrestle. One, of course, Daniel Bryant. That is his, uh, his, um, his dream match. He wants to get in that ring with Danny Bryant, and also Cesaro. So, I mean, him and Cesaro in a in a match, that'd be great. The 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 Swiss Superman against Walter, the unmovable object, the man who no one can defeat. And, um, you know, it'll be a great match to see, you know, this guy, Walter, every time I see him, I mean, he made Tommaso Ciampa look bad. That's I mean, he beat the crap out of Tommaso Ciampa. I mean, and Ciampa tried to do everything, worked on the hand, worked on everything. But Walter right now is, I think, one of the guys, I think, beside Nick Aldis, has held that belt over a year. I don't think anybody else uh, besides, well, it's him, Jacob Fatu, and Nick Aldis. One of the guys, the longest range world champions right now that we see, uh, you know. Um, so, you know, it's, it, it, we'll see what happens in due time. You know, these guys, uh, you know, a Zaro match versus Walter would be great. Daniel Bryan right now, we don't know if he's still going to be with WWE. As I let, I, I put a, a, a video on my YouTube podcast about that, where he's going, where he's going to be at. We don't know where he's at. They, they're hoping that, you know, um, they can sign him again. But right now, he's uh, up in the air. So him and Walter would be a great match. Him and Daniel Bryan, him and the Walter will have a humongous a size advantage over Danny Bryan, but Danny Bryan has wrestled the best. He wrestled Kane. He has wrestled Big Show. So this is not something that he'll be intimidated by, and he'll do what he got to do. So uh, it'll be it'll be tremendous to see a match between uh, Walter and uh, Danny Bryan or Walter versus Cesaro. It'll be great to see, and you know, stuff that WWE could do, but they don't think that way. They're always pushing the same people over and over again. And it looks like Kevin Owens will be probably another will be involved in another storyline with Roman Reigns soon. So, um, speaking about that SmackDown, we saw the return of uh, I think it was his name, Jimmy Uso. He's back now. The story is is he part of the head of the table, the tribal chief stuff? So, as Cesaro is the guy who's going to have a match with 
Roman Reigns a week from today at WrestleMania Backlash. And um, if Cesaro don't win, then this whole storyline was worthless. Right now, if I go down to the ranking, uh, the number one to me world champion, again, is Will Ospreay. Number two, Walter. Number three, Jacob Fatu. Number four, Roman Reigns. Number five, Nick Aldis. Number six, Kenny Omega. Number seven, Roosh. And uh, let me see, am I missing somebody else? Uh, Bobby Lashley would be number eight. And, and I say this because Bobby Lashley, they haven't done nothing with him, you know, as far as, you know, um, doing anything with him. So, um, so that's basically all the world champions. I know I'm missing somebody, but for the top three guys on the top three is Osprey, um, Walter and Jacob Fatu. Those are the top three world champions right now because everybody else is having either, you know, and number four will be Roman Reigns, but I say the top three because it's not a top 10. You can't have a top 10 because number one, uh, Omega holds the freaking Impact World title. So, you know, so Omega will be number five in my list. Number four, Roman Reigns will be in front of him. And the simple fact, you could, well, why are you putting Omega in front of, I mean, Roman Reigns in front of Kenny Omega? Because Kenny Omega has not defended the AEW title. He hasn't defended the AEW title. Last time he fell the AEW title was a rebellion, and he won the Impact title. So, you know, he had a good match, but the, the individual who he wrestled was Rich Swan, And Rich Swan has not been seen since he lost that belt. So, um, it's going to be interesting. But right now, those are my top three world champions. And I know the NXT UK is not considered a world champion. Walter is a world champion. To me, Walter is world champion caliber. This guy has held that belt. No one could be Walter right now. Listen, if you have a Will Ospreay versus Walter, I'll have Walter over Ospreay. Same thing with Jacob Fatu against Walter. Fatu will have problems with Walter because of the hype band. Walter's too big. Walter's a, this guy's hands are like, you know, like spatulas, gigantic spatulas. So Walter right now is ranked number two. The only reason I'm giving Will Osprey the number one rank because he is a world champion in two continents. Same thing can be said by Kenny Omega. And when he's world champion, you know, in three different promotions, but he's not a world champion in two different continents. You know, so, you know, the New Japan, you know, right now, um, Will Osprey is just killing it right now. So talk. Roosh right now is in a big feud with the Violent Unlimited, which is Brody King, uh, uh, Homicide, Tony Deppin, and Chris Dickinson. And right now, Roosh has got suspended because of the violence they bring in over there. So right now, uh, you know, Impact doesn't has a world champion who is the, also the AEW champion. So this is a lot of crazy stuff, but it is what it is, guy. Once again, thank you very much for listening to my show. That is it for today for my Behind the Curtain scene. Um, so I guess this week, everybody is, especially AEW, they're going to have the Jugi Nagata versus John Mockley for the IWGP United States title. You're going to have the Young Bucks versus SCU. I'm predicting SCU is going to break up because the Young Bucks are going to beat them. Um, Darby Allen is losing the belt to Miro because of what happened to him um, last week by being thrown under the, the, uh, the concrete stairs. Um, so Miro may win the title unless Kip Saban interferes in that match. What else is in that match? I think uh, Cody's supposed to make an announcement. Uh, so those are the fourth the major things happening for uh, AEW. And the reason they're trying to push all these Storyline is because they got a couple of shows coming up in the month of May where they're going to be uh, they're going to be on Fridays at ten o'clock, which means they won't be at AEW Dynamite review for Thursdays because they will be on Friday. So basically, I'm not doing two two uh, podcasts that those weeks because you know I'll put it on the Saturday show or the Sunday show and um, make it behind the curtain plus. The AEW Dynamite review all in one, which should be, will be more work. I doubt it, but you know, it gives me at least time to get ready for my YouTube Wrestling Roundup 
of the Chokeslide Wrestling Report on the YouTube channel. So, guys, this is it. I want to thank you for the support. I want to thank all everybody in Twitter for pushing and giving and, and, and retweeting my tweets with, when it comes to this podcast. Uh, again, I want to thank all 153 subscribers on my YouTube channel. Guys, go to my YouTube channel and check out my latest video on Danny Bryan's expired contract, where he's going to go, where I think he's going to go, the possibilities, his Hall of Fame career. Uh, is he going to continue wrestling with WWE, but he'll be in part-time? We'll find out. You go check out the video on my YouTube channel. Subscribe to the channel. Hit that notification bell for new uploads. Also, uh, for people in the UK who listen to me in the UK, I'm a power for TV, power for TV. Um, you get the, you go in there, check the streaming uh, channel and see my YouTube video for free in there. So I'm in there, so you can check that out. Also, guys who want to purchase my uh, my T-shirts and my hat, you go to tcwr.veryinkpressive.com. That's tcwr. Very impressive.com, and you get the hat, you get the Chokeslam Wrestling Report t shirt, the Chokeslam Wrestling Report snapback hat. I got another shirt in there called Body Slammer. I got another shirt called Ding Ding Ding. There's shirts in there, and little by little, I'm trying to build the website. Soon, I will have mugs, I will have ladies' um, uh, apparels. That's in the works. Also, you guys can register to the website, and you get to see the Latest video that I uploaded from the YouTube channel is there. And on the bottom of that, if you click on the Chokesland Resident Report logo, it will take you to all the audio podcast archives that you missed or you want to listen to. So that's a, a one way to you know, get all my audio and my video stuff. Also, if you want to go, you don't want to go through all that, you can also go through, the, through my audio through Apple, Spotify, Google, uh, iHeartRadio, Amazon, and any audio, or actually major audio platforms, you guys listen to your audio podcast during the week. Also, again, thank you very much, all my supporters. Again, guys, wear that mask. Stay six feet apart. Uh, we will be back this Thursday with the AEW Dynamite review. It will be dropped or download a little late. For certain for personal reasons, but it will be up uh, later on the evening of Thursday, and we will uh, definitely chat it up and, and talk about the AEW Dynamite review. It's going to be a packed card for Wednesday. So, again, have a good day. Stay safe. Wear that mask. Stay six feet apart.